Who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here. You play to win the game. We're in here talking about practice. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Come after me! They're comedians, they're sports fans, and all-around degenerates. It's the Who's On First podcast with your hosts, Matt Marin and Anthony Passaretti. I'm a man. I'm 40. All right. Another episode of the Who's On First podcast. We're still here. My name's still Anthony Passaretti. And I'm still Matt Marin. <laughs> That's right. We're bad. We're, uh, we're hanging in there. If we're inching ever closer, do you think we're ever going to get to go to the studio again? <laughs> yeah, I think eventually. One day we'll get to be in studio. We'll get some stupid questions with Dave at the end of the episode once again. I haven't seen Dave in a little while. Yeah, me either. Yeah, Dave, Dave's been uh, doing producing remotely. He hasn't sitting in on all the episodes. Dave's got a lot to do. We don't, we don't really blame him. But uh, there was some sports this week. There was some fun sports stories this week. The only real... Did you watch any live sports this week? There was two events that I'm... Um, I'm trying to think what was live this week. Um, Well, I watched the... I watched some of the first NASCAR race uh, that Bubba Wallace was in uh, when he came out of the Black Lives Matter car. And I watched... I I still watched SportsCenter and I saw them cover that uh, they had um, like... uh, There was a golf tournament I think that was happening. There was. Yeah, all this weekend. And there was some video game, uh, e-games on ESPN at one point, uh, and I saw the commentary team for it, and I was like, okay, we could be that commentary team. Oh, yeah, no, we just missed the boat. It was a matter of, like, those nerds had the timing nailed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I could have hopped on that train. I could have totally just talked about people playing Fortnite or whatever they were playing. Yeah. But uh, the other one that I, there was more UFC. They, they're still doing that on Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. To, it's good that there is something going on. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's but even I didn't still, watch... like the bigger stories are still from the sports that well NASCAR is active and they've had some story, but the biggest stories are still from the sports that aren't active. Yeah, I don't know. We we were trying to figure out on air right before we got on air if we talked about NASCAR actually banning the flag last week. I think we talked about them wanting to be like the drivers wanting it banned i don't know if we actually got the news that it is was or totally or i think it was we did talk about it being banned but the um ray cicerelli i think his name is the driver who quit over it we didn't talk about and that's a crazy story because um he's not well known at all he's like a 50 year old in the truck series which if you don't know that's like one of the Almost like what the Arena Football League was to the NFL, except it was, it's like under the same company. But it's like a separate uh, race entirely that isn't really televised and most people don't really watch or hear about. And, uh, yeah, he's a 50-year-old in that series who never really did that well there, even. And he's Not never like, did that well. He never won anything. He never won yeah. a single, like, lap. He never was in pole position. He never won anything. The only way I knew about the truck series even existing was from one of the video games. They had it, like, in there. That's where you start if you, like, do a My Player. Yeah, and he is like, at the end of the season, I'm retiring, I'm quitting, because uh, people won't wait, aren't al- if people aren't allowed to wave whatever flag they want. And, uh, like, dude, you're 50. You're probably going to retire. It's like if uh, or also, he's not even that well-known. It's like if I threatened to quit the comedy business now. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay. So I think everyone was forced to quit anyway. But uh, yeah. we, uh, this guy, everybody's calling him like, oh, look at you. You're a fucking idiot. Is he a dick? Yes. Is he an idiot? I'm not sure because he just parlayed a career of doing nothing that was ending into now everybody kind of knows his name. And if he wants to like go around being on like the dickhead circuit, like he he could probably have like meet and greets and like very, you know, conservative confederate flag areas. He can oh, probably go around are, and like take over circles, a Hooters. There are circles where he can be a martyr for the rest of his life making money as a speaker. That's but that's what I'm saying. Before yeah. he did that, like if he just regular left because he's like, oh, I'm terrible at my job and I'm gonna leave yeah. and try to do something. He doesn't get that. So I, is he an asshole? Probably, but is he an idiot? I don't know. He's he's like what an evil, smart person. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it could be a smart business move for him. Um, but yeah, the whole thing is uh, pretty wild that NASCAR is banning the Confederate flag. It's, uh, I think uh, I had a tweet where I said it'd be like if Comic-Con banned the Superman cape. 
<laughs> yeah, the fans, there's definitely going to be like a subsection of people that are like pretty angry about it, but it doesn't seem like, at least I haven't noticed massive amounts of backlash. Yeah, no, there was one driver who is barely known, and uh, yeah, for the most part it seems like, alright, this is probably, this is something, uh, we're, no, we're not in Dukes, the uh, prime of Dukes of Hazard or anything, it's not like people are, like, it's culturally everyone wearing Confederate flags anywhere, it shouldn't be too much of an adjustment. Yeah, it really shouldn't be, no one should care, and it's like... I remember I went to college in Poughkeepsie, and every once in a while, if you drove too far off the highway, you'd start to see them there. And it's like, we are in New York. Like, at what yeah. point? <laughs> like, you can't, this isn't even part of your heritage. Like, every once in a while in Long Island, you see that also. And it's like, you're, if you're in Long <laughs> Island with the Confederate flag, it's only because you're racist. It's not yeah, about yeah. your culture and you care about Southern heritage and you really just admire Robert E. Lee. You just hate black people if you're in Long Island with the Confederate flag. Yeah, you just want people to drive and by you to know I'm uncomfortable with you being here. Like, that's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so it's, it's just, it's absurd. And I'm glad that there hasn't been like a ridiculous amount of backlash to it. There's definitely going to be some people that are like, fucked because of some bad tattooing in certain parts of the uh yeah the country uh, yeah that does suck if you were like in the 80s you got a confederate flag tattoo and uh you know it still wasn't the best thing then but you probably you it's easier to believe you wouldn't have realized it was as bad back then and today there's oh, no yeah. excuse to not know yeah like somebody just freaking loves the dukes of hazard or something like just yeah. fucked up <laughs> or, yeah, I wonder if Kid Rock will still whip it out at concerts. <laughs> yeah, you know. And that's that's th a weird one, too, because he's from Michigan, so he's also not from the South in any way. All kinds of people are having to get all kinds of tattoos covered up. I, I, like, looked into getting one, and I know it's becoming, like, a meme now, but you can't get tattoo appointments until, like, the end of next year because there's so many cover-ups booked already, largely yeah. Harry Potter ones, but there's, like... Night. Other things. Yeah, and I know, and I know, I know you have a Simpsons tattoo, so you must have been really relieved when they didn't get canceled over the Apu scandal. Oh, dude, no, that that is, I'm not out of the woods on that at all because uh, the friggin' creator of the Simpsons, Matt Groening. If you look at all the celebrities that were on Epstein's plane at one point, <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing uh, about that. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, I've, I've, I like that one a lot, too. I don't want to end up getting it covered up, but if, if, if Matt Groening goes down... I And I've been talking about this too much. I, I shouldn't accidentally throw him under the bus. Either yeah. way... No, uh, you, could moving... be, you could be the new Hannibal Burris to Bill Cosby, but you'll be that for Matt Groening. Yeah. Hey, if I end up being Hannibal, that's fine. Hannibal's in, yeah. like, a big apartment building that he, like, turned into an Airbnb hotel living by himself, mm. so... <laughs> that's, that sounds pretty could be worse um let's see this week there was a couple fun anniversaries we could talk about um chris heston the pitcher who's now a real estate agent through yeah. one of the more unlikely no hitters in 2017 yeah that uh there's been a lot of no hitters so it's hard to point out what the most unlikely one ever was there's like we done a we did a perfect games episode early on and you have a couple of those like philip humber is probably the most unlikely one of those ever it's like a career 16 and 25 record or something like that and mm -hmm. uh but yeah chris heston is uh one of the more unlikely no hitters in our lifetime and it's really his big accomplishment. Like, that's going to be what's going to be by his name forever because he is a real estate agent in Florida now. He must have, like, the best, like, bench ads and, like, commercials. Like, he's yeah. just, like, hucking a ball, being like, I'll sell you a house. Real, real estate in Florida has got, I mean, everything in Florida is just, like, I re I recently watched, uh, re-watched Screwball, the documentary about Tony Bosch and the steroid clinic that A-Rod was working out of, and it just... Florida is just, uh, it's pretty much where, like, if you're a criminal somewhere else and want to start your life over, go to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most accurate depiction of Florida ever. It's a place where people just go because they can't be where they were. <laughs> and that's the thing, Miami and, like, southern Florida is where that is, and it's nicer than northern Florida. So imagine what the rest of it is. I've spent some time. My grandparents live in a uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, 
and I have a oh, friend that lived in Miami for a little while. I've seen, I definitely know about Florida. And Florida is another one of those places where like what you can see from the highway is messed up. But that's what you could see from the highway. Like if you go yeah. like twenty miles like off the beach you path, you're gonna. If you go deeper, see you some... might see something like Tropicana Field, just awful. Yeah, or where the Florida Panthers play, <laughs> just yeah. in the middle of friggin' nowhere. It's like it's almost a forty-five minutes to an hour, no traffic outside of Miami. It's in this just mass. There's nothing for miles, and then just this arena. <laughs> that's where the Panthers play. It's so strange. Yeah, that, that's why they only have, like, 300 fans at all of their games, because they're a hockey team in the middle of nowhere in a place with no ice. Literally, it's, like, gated community, gated community, nothing for 20 miles, super mall that's, like, 25, like, it's, like, the Meadowlands-sized place, but it's just a mall. And then there's the Florida Panthers arena, like, two miles down the road. I had a friend that, like, lived, like, we were, like, real good friends when we were younger, and then he moved down like five minutes away from it i went to visit him once and i was just like oh you must go to the games all the time right and he's like i've never been to a single game <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I, would, I would actually probably really enjoy living there and going to florida panthers games for they can't be more than 20 dollars for good seats well what we did do was we went to see the marlins who at that time this was like a year before the big rebrand so this was the last year of that old stadium they were giving the tickets away you could sit like behind home yeah. plate for like pocket Pro, change pro player stadium right yeah and it was gross it was it was it was not a it was not it's so fucking hot in miami the idea of like sitting there like if you get the wrong day and you get the wrong seats you're screwed you're just gonna cook it's like even yankee stadiums like that sometimes or like by the second inning you're just like i i'm gonna die i can't can't sit in the sun like this anymore well preseason football gets like that too you ever go to like a preseason game where it's still too hot out for football no, I've rarely – I haven't gone to a lot of football games. I've worked security at a lot, and I always felt like it would be better to just watch it on TV because you'll see more. Um, sometimes it can be fun to, like, tailgate before. The most fun I ever had at a football game, you're not going to be surprised by this, was when I went to the XFL game earlier this year. Um, yeah, that you, was, you were telling. But the big part of that was the environment, the fan base and everything, and that doesn't that doesn't really exist for too much other football stuff. Um, I I've been, I went to a Cowboys game when they played the Jets once, but th- again, it's more like I'm there with a friend to hang out. If I wanted to actually watch the game and see everything, you're better off watching a football game on TV. It I I definitely I've been to a lot of giant games. There was like we used to go kind of all the time when I was younger, and it is part. It's like doing it the whole day. Like it, yeah. it's not as fun if you like rush there try to just like get there as the game starts it's all about like being there with people where you can like sit there for like four and a half hours beforehand just have like a whole party then you all go watch the game and then to like instead of trying to get stuck in traffic for like an hour and a half you go back to the car you like reset shit up you like have another drink you like relight the grid like that's how you do it right you gotta like spend the whole day there and then it's then it definitely is fun um yeah watching the games at home once red zone became a thing, once the red zone channel started, the argument for going versus staying at home got way different, especially if you were into fantasy, because you could yeah. you could theoretically just watch all the scoring, like everything you cared about. If you like go to the game, you're like, you'd see it. Like as fantasy football got more popular, there's people just sitting there staring at the like out of town scores yeah, more exactly. times than like, out, like not watching the game. It was, eh, so, you know. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, oh, speaking of football, last week we talked about Drew Brees kind of stepping in it. Now players are all starting to come out the other way. Do you see Baker Mayfield went completely hard the other direction where he's like, I'm absolutely kneeling. I don't care how many fans it loses me. I'm 100% not standing for this thing. That's nice. Good for Baker Mayfield. I've always been a Baker Mayfield supporter in, like, he's gotten shit in ways that I don't understand why he gets that shit. Like? Like, uh, just like, he celebrates too much. He's too cocky. He pointed at his former coach after he scored a touchdown to rub it in his face. I'm like, what do you want him to be, a fucking robot? He's a competitive person. He's an athlete. Mm. Yeah, no, I, as long as he's not, like, you know, breaking rules, I'm totally fine for passion. People 
people who play the game a little too boring, I've never been a big fan of. Having the personality there is always helpful. Well, I think someone who is, like, if they are boring, if that's really who they are, if they're so stoic and it's almost like it's fun to try and get them to crack, that can be a fun personality also. But everybody's not like that. And pretending everyone is. We've talked about this before. I hate the phoniness of, like, sports where it's like you have to – you, you can't be, like, an actual person with an actual personality because that's not classy enough for – especially baseball. Baseball's like this more than anything. Like, if you look at a ball you hit, you're showing up the pitcher. If you – like, there's all these – like unwritten rules that are basically just ways to make you less of a human being and less of a personality yeah a lot baseball players are also hotheads too like there's a lot of there's there's not in basketball and football and hockey there's like points in the game where you can get like if you're mad at someone like there's you know physicality you can get your frustration out like in baseball that all kind of like builds just like how like there's suspense in the game like that tension if like they're pissed at each other all those little things though i'm sure that starts to add up over the season and that's probably why you see a lot more like fights in the later half than the first half yeah there's definitely less physicality in baseball as opposed to the other four major sports but in football and basketball there's still hockey's the only one that literally is just like um hey if there's an issue you guys settle it now <laughs> yeah and they but, let them yeah. settle it and if they don't let them settle it it could blow up and get worse later on in the game it's kind of like on the referees to like make these calls but if the referee is not making the calls the player's going to be like well i got to defend my guy yep yeah, no, I I totally can see that. It's uh, it, it's one of the cool things about it. It is kind Let's... of strange that they haven't at this point in like almost a hundred years, of, maybe over a hundred years now, the NHL. They haven't figured out a way to um, regulate it without just letting them fight. Like, you know, I enjoy hockey fights, but you would think at a certain point they'd be like, let's try and find a way where we don't have to devolve into two people fist fighting each other in order to keep the players safe. Yeah, especially because, like, what a way to get, like, hurt. Like, I feel like if I was, like, in charge of, like, putting the team together, I'd be, like, kind of be like, ah, come on. We didn't – you got hurt like that. Like, we didn't need to do that. Come on. Yeah. Well, they might have because – that's the thing is that you have players who would get injured by guys hitting them if they didn't think that someone was going to come and kick their ass if they did it. Guys will take cheap shots on someone if they know they can get away with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard problem. This I think you're kind of pointing out all the reasons that it still exists right now. Yeah. Just because, really, what else is there to do? At least it works. I mean, if you had referees like actually making calls, and maybe like former players in more positions of power there who could say that was a fucked up thing, that guy needs to get in trouble for that, or else there's going to be a fight. Hmm. That could yeah, just have a have kind of a an. A, objective third party up there being yeah, like they hey, do that's, have, that's right now I a think dirty it's chris hit pronger his i know he's in a position i think it's like player safety and chris pronger was known as like a dirty player or um mm-hmm. like a brutal player at least and he yeah. like and he's in charge of player safety now and it's like yeah that is the guy because he knows when something's happening better than anyone yeah, and he he knows his way. It's kind of like a takes one to know one thing. It's like he's delivered yeah. plenty of cheap moves. He knows the book of cheap moves. Yeah, he's like Hannibal <laughs> Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly right. That's that's awesome. Um, let's see. So uh, this one was but the last player to have been an actual Devil Ray, not a Tampa Bay Ray, to wear the Tampa Bay Devil Rays jersey got cut this week by the Diamondbacks. Do you know who it would be? The last person who's in the major leagues today yeah, who is active a in, Devil Ray. Now there are no more. There's no more active players who were Devil Rays now that this guy got cut. Uh, I don't know who. Edwin Jackson. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, Edwin Jackson got cut this week? Yeah, the Diamondbacks cut him. That's sad. I just saw R2C2, uh, CC Zabathia's podcast. Edwin Jackson was on that. He always seems like a really cool dude. And he played for like, what, like 15 teams throughout his career, too. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely had him on a fantasy team or two. He was always seemed to be like a, a solid number three starter for a team that didn't have one that year. He's just one of those mercenary guys. 
Yeah. God, I remember the Tampa Bay Devil Rays with the uniform with the actual, like, rainbow-covered ray across the middle of it. It seems Yeah, so- it had that, like, shiny scales. <laughs> yeah, like, now in hindsight, it seems like a parody, like a fake team that someone would make in a movie, or like a like an independent league team. That, to think that was actually a Major League Baseball team is kind of strange. Well, weren't they the team in the – remember, do you remember that movie with Dennis Quaid where he's, like, older and he wants to, like, be a relief pitcher still? Doesn't yeah, he end up playing the for the the Devil Rays? Isn't that who ends up giving him a chance? I think so. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Although in the 90s, there was that movie Rookie of the Year with Thomas Ian Nicholas where he's a kid who breaks his arm and gets to pitch for the Cubs because he can all of a sudden turn 90 miles an hour. Yeah, but also, I, the mid-90s Cubs is also about where the Tampa Bay Devil Rays were in the early 2000s probably. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I guess we can hop right into that. Did, uh, we both watched the thirty for thirty last night. Yeah, the um, uh, long gone summer. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, the home run chase. What do you think? I I thought it was good. I thought it was a, a nice, fun one to watch. It's not out there on my like all time thirty for thirty. Some of them have been like so excellent, but this was fun to to watch. Yeah. I liked it. I wish it came out after they had already done a documentary where we learn everything about the steroid era so it could have just focused on the home run chase because that home run chase and the story of Maguire and Sosa coming up in the big leagues. Like, I didn't know about Mark Maguire having been a pitcher when he was younger. Um, Sammy Sosa getting traded from the Rangers who were owned by George Bush at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fun stuff in there. But the whole time, all you're thinking of is about the steroids thing. And we still there's so many unanswered questions they talk about it a little at the end but there's still a lot of things we don't know yeah it felt very tacked on it felt like people like needed them to like expected them to talk about steroids but it just wasn't a part of that story because it felt very tacked on at the end they did that one little bit about the uh whatever he was buying at gnc in his locker kind of yeah. in the middle and then they didn't talk about it really again until the last like five ten minutes when ev- all the talking heads gave their like take on it but i yeah. i would have rather seen a longer one about the whole steroid era like how they gave jordan 10 episodes like do like a four or five part one about the steroid era and, and even like just when, have... when we hear about lance armstrong now he talks about what he was taking when he was taking it i think we want to know that about major league baseball and at a certain point the more lance armstrong talks about it the more it's like yeah everyone was doing it i don't think he is not a good bicycle rider. I think he's one of the best of all time still. And if anything, now I'm more interested in hearing about the story of the journey of those specific races and his, like, upbringing, because I know all the steroid stuff. He's answered that already. If he had never answered it, then I don't care about the upbringing. Now, I've, there's a big elephant in the room here. Yeah. McGuire and Sosa specifically. Sammy Sosa, the whole time, I haven't really ever heard him, like, talk at length about really any of this stuff he was such a good sport through all of that like he was sitting there like he has one of the most amazing seasons ever he comes in second to mcguire he's not the biggest name in chicago because he's doing this at the height of the bulls dynasty so he's like he he's the number two guy everywhere he looks but he was just happy to be there the whole time he seemed like if i was a cubs fan i could totally see myself being like this is our guy forever like fuck yeah this dude rules and then somewhere McGuire, along the line, I think, he, somewhere along the line, Sammy Sosa decided he wanted to be a white guy. There's apparently like a lot of weird, very political, like unpleasantness that goes on behind that stuff in like the DR and like as to why he did that. I saw a couple of writers on Twitter being like, like if, if, before you dunk on him, like be careful because like some some th- some parts of this are super weird. But I didn't really go into it. I know it's just like a power status symbol thing. Like the the lighter you are in the DR, there's something about the oh yeah, for status sure. you yeah. have yeah for sure dr and haiti hate each other and light skin versus dark skin is huge in like uh areas like that but it is still kind of strange to see it oh yeah but i remember that at some point someone was trying to be like oh he has a disease and then somebody's like no it's something he like took or did to himself and it was yeah it, it's all like for unpleasant like power dynamic stuff in the yeah dr but, but it's um over, I mean, yeah, Sammy Sosa is a great sport through the whole thing. Um, he forgot how to speak English when Congress asked him if he ever did steroids and he needed a translator. <laughs> and uh, then at the end of this doc, they ask him about it. And he's kind of like, doesn't say he didn't do it. 
Um, maybe he doesn't feel like he can say he did because he can be found guilty of perjury because he, through a translator, said he never did it at the time. But he kind of is like there was this anonymous drug test before there ever was a uh, rule in baseball, and a lot of people tested positive on that, and some of them are in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know specifically which one, but I know on that test it's like A-Rod, David Ortiz, Kurt Schilling, Manny Ramirez. Uh, not everyone's been named from that drug test. Yeah, that New York Times article really screwed things up because it leaked out like a bunch of half information. It like didn't give the whole story, it, like turned certain people against certain people. And I, I mean, I've Mark McGuire kind of said something that I've thought for a long time too, where he's just like, it wasn't really about strength. Like it has nothing to do with that really. Like it, strength was never his issue. It was all about like injury recovery and all this difference. Like that seems for to be the story maybe, of a lot of people. Yeah. That's for a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, steroids in general can be used for strength. Um, but there's, once they started drug testing, a lot of the guys who you'd find getting busted weren't exactly big bulky people. Yeah, it was just sort of guys that needed help keeping their – because if you, like, go to a doctor, like, anytime a doctor prescribes a regular person steroids, they're not trying to, like, get you ripped. They're trying to, like, yeah. help one of your joints heal faster or help, like, your body just sort of recover and get a, yes. an extra bit of strength. But then you also have someone like Barry Bonds whose forehead grew three times in size in one off well, season. Well, he was – there's definitely, like, I, I doubt they were taking the same exact stuff you'd get at a hospital. I'm sure there was yeah, all kinds and, of, like, fucking bathtub steroids that, yeah. like, <laughs> did and, all kinds uh, of crazy Canseco shit. Jose said he injected Ivan Rodriguez uh, personally. And then as soon as the year comes in where the uh, drug testing is officially really, Ivan Rodriguez comes into camp, like, 20 pounds less than he was. Oh, I'm I'm sure it does. It, it can get certain guys maybe over the level, but I still, like everybody in baseball can hit a home run. It's like, yeah. Well, there's there's a few things. There's also um, the Andro thing, the the stuff they found in Marvin Guire's locker that was there. Jeff Bagwell has admitted to taking Andro. Mike Piazza has admitted to taking Andro. A lot of guys have admitted to taking it, and it was also all this stuff was not against MLB rules at the time. How can you hold someone responsible for doing something that's not against the rules? Yeah, which is also sort of true. Although, I mean, as comedians, we're like seeing that right now. It's like this, the crap you did 15 years ago can come back to bite in the ass even if yeah, it was that's true too. Cancel fine when you did it. Cancel existed in baseball for a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's sort of the same thing. It's just like if something was fine when you said it and it's not fine now, people, yeah. you know, you're going to get Jimmy but, Fallon. Well, they, but here's the thing. <laughs> Jeff Bagwell in the Hall of Fame. Mike Piazza in the Hall of Fame. Yvonne Rodriguez in the Hall of Fame. So it's like it seems like it, David Ortiz, I think, is going to get in the Hall of Fame. He failed the same drug test Sammy Sosa did. So it seems like it'll. It, there's different rules for different people. Yeah, those guys got shafted for sure. I, McGuire and Sosa specifically seem to have gotten because I don't know. Yeah. Barry Bonds seems in his own world. Yeah, well, it, Barry Bonds. Well, some of it is also a little bit of the Lance Armstrong thing. They denied it. They were nasty to people about. It. I don't know about McGuire and Sosa, but Barry Bonds never apparently was very like friendly with the media. Um, and once you've denied it and lied about it, it almost builds it up. Ivan Rodriguez, David Ortiz, I remember, they asked him about it. He said, we're going to find out what happened there, and I'll get back to you. And then he never talked about it again, and no one asked him about it. So there wasn't a consistent lying to the media, but that's because he wasn't asked. But if he was, he probably would have lied the same way that Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa did. Uh-huh. No, absolutely. I mean, at that point, it's probably what every advisor of theirs was telling them to do. Like, you know, admit nothing. Like, don't. Yeah, incriminate yourself. In. Yeah, some of these guys have gotten in the hall of and all. Oh, this is fun. Online, I saw there's some people who have a conspiracy theory about Mark McGuire having the Andro in his locker that that was planted there as a way of like because everyone was doing Andro and it was in locker rooms everywhere and that was planted so people would say okay Mark McGuire is doing Andro but everyone is to hide the fact that he was like shooting up and doing other stuff too and that was just a way to deflect away from that. Huh. That's, a, I mean, who that's kn an interesting who knows? thing. It's like an uh, internet conspiracy theory. I thought you were going to say that they put it there to, like, take him down. Somebody was like, fuck no. this guy. I hate this guy. Yeah, but, I mean, because Jose Canseco is, like, 
Jose Canseco's an interesting story where it's like he comes out with this book that everyone thinks is bullshit and he's just trying to get attention. Then we find out all of it's true and it's like maybe this Canseco guy is not what we thought. Then you read his Twitter for five minutes and you're like, oh, he's uh, he's still crazy. He's That's running for amazing. president. He wants, to be, he wants to be president now. Him and that guy from Blink-182 should like hang out together because everyone thought he was nuts with the aliens. He gets vindicated yeah. this year. They could have a podcast. It's like everyone yeah. thinks we're crazy, but we're both right. Yeah, but um, as, far as, as far as Hall of Fame goes, I think all the guys who, if you were good enough, even if you are accused of taking steroids or took steroids, throughout the history of baseball, there's players who would go out partying all night and then take amphetamines before the game every day of the season in the past. Babe Ruth never had to hit off a satchel page or any non-white player. Half of the league at the time was working part-time jobs in the offseason and were probably beer league players at best. Numbers are mm-hmm. skewed beak depending on what area you play in for a number of different reasons. A lot of cheat. Gaylord Perry's in the Hall of Fame. He was known for throwing spitballs. Mm-hmm. So... We know these guys took steroids. We know what happened in the steroid era, but they were still the best of our generation. There's no one who can tell me between, like, 2000 and 2004 that Barry Bonds wasn't the most insanely threatening person at the plate that there's ever been in baseball history. Yeah, and just watching how happy people were and how much people, like, loved baseball. It was, like, making me sad a little bit. It was just Yeah, like, watching oh, Jack man. Buck cry at McGuire hitting the 60-second was one of the run. best shots where they were talking the, the – uh, the Cubs radio guy was telling about how he made his call, and then he looked over, and the guy he was just crying. That was like yeah. one of the best parts of the whole thing. Yeah. I, thought. I mean, I've, I've heard of Jack Buck before. I know of Jack Buck. I didn't realize how much of a pussy he was, but that was crazy to see. As they get older, Mark McGuire and James Hetfield from Metallica are starting to look and sound <laughs> very similar. <laughs> Yeah, Mark McGuire seems like he's chilled out in a big way too. Like he, somebody must have gotten him like in in some counseling or something because like he has this reputation of being just the most fiery big dighead of all yeah. time, and he came across very level headed, very calm. He's always yeah. he's talking about like God a lot. He seems he he came off a lot better than his reputation. Yeah, him and Sosa are both really into God, which is I don't know, I guess God's a big steroids fan. He's big on forgiveness, traditionally. That's true. (laughs) God is bigger on forgiveness than, like, any baseball fan or person who goes after comedians. Like, yeah, most people aren't into forgiveness. Although, to be fair... Yeah, or fans of God. Yeah, yeah, these baseball (laughs) players haven't, like, come out and, like, asked for forgiveness and apologized. Most of them, at least, haven't, like, done a big mea culpa. They just kind of, like, fade away and then talk around it when they're asked about it that's why the lance armstrong thing is kind of very satisfying and fun to watch like you're seeing someone did fucked up stuff they did cheat and we're seeing how they did it these guys didn't even cheat it wasn't against the rules a-rod cheated and there's a whole documentary on that the biogenesis uh, it's called screwball on netflix but we don't know what was going on with like sosa ivan rodriguez uh mcguire piazza all these guys outside of jose canseco's book yeah, it's it's probably one of those things where it was just like how uh, people just didn't know yet. They probably knew that they were getting yeah. some kind of advantage from it, but there was no rule against it, and the the people in charge just like didn't didn't know what they were even looking for at that point. Um, let's see, yeah. what else do also, we got? There was a bit of a George um, W. Bush oh. cameo. <laughs> there was a George W. Bush cameo in the documentary. Oh yeah. Yeah, he he was just talking about how he wishes he hadn't traded Sosa. You texted me right after that happened. <laughs> yeah, because he tra- he says um, back when he was owner of the Rangers, we traded Sammy Sosa for Harold Baines, so he'd really like to have that one back. Now in 2020, Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame and Sammy Sosa isn't, so... Yeah, well, do you think they'll ever let them in, or do you think this is just going to be one of those think, things like that's going to... I think eventually they will, um, just because eventually these... and. And there's you also have to let in someone like Fred McGriff, who any other era would get in, but he just was overshadowed by the steroid guys. And he also mm-hmm. his numbers actually live up to it. So it's uh, yeah, I think eventually they'll get in. Maybe it'll be after they're dead, and maybe it'll be more of one of those these guys should have gotten in. And uh, if anything, the punishment is they don't get to be alive to see them get in themselves get in. But I don't know. I think they should get in. They were they didn't do. 
nearly as much as a lot of other players did in the past. Um, or maybe it's science has gotten better. So like by today's mm. stand, like steroids may have helped them more than the stuff that in, back in the day they were doing. But as compared to what we have overall now, it's like the training, nutrition, like everything is just so much better now. But it's so much better for everybody, and steroids was legal for everyone to do at the time, so you can't say it wasn't a level playing field. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you 100%. I yeah. think that uh, it kind of reminds me, one of the other interesting things about that was the whole thing about Roger Maris and like how his kids are still a little bit bitter that their dad was like just be torn apart by the yeah. media because like people didn't want him to break the record which is just a really interesting thing like because babe ruth was this sacred character in like american folklore and roger maris wasn't so it was like no you can't beat babe ruth's record besides you needed eight more games to do it so it doesn't really count anyway like it was pretty ridiculous to see that it, it's and, yeah uh, it's just crazy to me that like shouldn't doing that make him worthy of doing that like <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't they have been like oh look there's a new like legend of well records in the- baseball or that's baseball's in this weird position where it's still kind of at its core the most prestigious of all the four major sports even if it's not the most popular like there is nothing in any of the other four major sports like joe dimaggio's 56 game hitting streak Mm, that's true. That, there's no can, number that people know like certain baseball records, but that's also why baseball has this such like holier than thou mentality as opposed to the other four major sports. So they're like we're the classy sport. Uh, you don't do this, you don't do that, and that's also why it probably has the most history of cheating, is because it's all fucking phonies. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's a good point. Um, you know who wasn't a phony? It was Doc Ellis. This was the 50 an- 50th year anniversary of him doing the funniest thing I've ever heard. Absolutely. <laughs> Where he forgot no what hitter, day it was. Do a no-hitter yeah. on acid. Yeah, for you, and I'm sure that was not the only thing he had taken that day. He uh, yeah. forgot what day it was because he was on some like long bender. He was just enjoying the spoils of being a professional athlete before the media was really up your ass about what you did on your off days. Yeah. And... Uh, well, yeah, he came, uh, he was on the Pirates, um, there's 50 year anniversaries, this was 1970. A few years later was like the Dave Parker Pirates, in the whole late 70s, early 80s, there was a big like cocaine scandal in baseball, um, and it was like the, a huge drug scandal at the time. Tim Range was a big part of it, he got elected to the Hall of Fame, and at the time people were like, maybe there'll be some forgiveness for uh, drug users in general. Granted, I don't think cocaine necessarily can do as much for you as steroids, but it was still, like, at the time, the way the media was covering it, it was like, oh, there's no way any of these guys are going to get into the Hall of Fame one day. They went after them. Well, I'm I'm not surprised. That was, like, right at the time where they were really trying to, like, nationwide, there was a huge push to, like, you know, all the just say no, all the war on drugs kind of stuff. That was just ramping yeah. up right then. So um, I, that doesn't surprise me that they'd still, be that. Doc, but still, Doc Ellis being high on acid and throwing a no-hitter is one of the best stories in history. Yeah, the documentary on it is hilarious. All the other players on the team were just sitting there like, we knew something was up. We didn't know exactly <laughs> what was up bef- until like a little bit later. But like it was pretty clear to anybody who was even paying attention a little bit. Something was off. And he's up there like, yeah, I knew. I could tell like whether it was a lefty or righty at the plate. But that was l- probably about all I could see of the batter. <laughs> like, That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's a great doc. And then speaking of uh, crimes or alleged crimes, um, all three... New York football teams have had their 2019 first round pick arrested this offseason. All yeah, three. Yeah, you texted me that earlier. The Jets, Giants, and Bills. Yep. What happened to those? Uh, yeah, do you know what the cases were? Yes. Um, the one for the Jets is absolute garbage. Uh, Quinn and Williams got arrested at an airport for having a gun, but it was a legal gun registered to his name. The ammo was separated from the thing. It was all in cases, and he got arrested because it was the wrong kind of case. They didn't like the, like, the brand of case or whatever. So he had, like, had all... It was all, like, legal under his name and stuff, but he just used the, like, wrong kind of case, so they arrested him at the airport, which That's is insane. crap. Uh, DeAndre Baker of the Giants 
it looks like his case is going to get thrown out. His lawyer is very confident that he was not a part of the robbery that he was allegedly a part of. Okay. And then, and then the one for the bills, this guy's kind of screwed. Ed Oliver got a DWI and an unlicensed gun charge. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, a lot at this point, uh, I guess, uh, in a post-protest uh, in George Floyd world, when I hear someone's found guilty of something, and then it's something I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, I just, I'm just so, I think at this point, I'm just so like, all right, so somebody may have been involved. In, I, I'm so untrusting of any legal thing whatsoever now. It's like, it, yeah, but a guy in Buffalo got in trouble by the same police force that threw an old man to the ground and said he tripped and fell. Really? <laughs> Yeah, it's all fair points. Absolutely <laughs> fair points. But that is I just uh, don't that, I just don't believe anything I hear or read. Um, although football players committing crimes is kind of an NFL pastime, so who knows? Yeah, really, who knows? But one of the three is definitely at least none of them are great cases. But I think yeah, he's I mean, the I'm, one that's gonna. I'm a Dallas have Cowboys stick. fan, and uh, football players getting arrested, especially as Dallas Cowboys. Uh, when I was a kid, that's like all you heard in the news was well, another Dallas Cowboys player getting arrested. Nate Newton had fucking like mountains of weed or something like that. Which at the time I remember I was. As a kid, before I was ever even around people who smoked weed, I didn't know enough about it, so I just heard, like, oh, he had drugs, and that's against the law. And it's like, oh, my God, he had a lot of drugs. But now I'm like, who cares? If you have a lot of pillows, it doesn't matter. If you have a lot of something that's not that big of a deal, who gives a shit? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> I guess that's what you do with it. But uh, your Cowboys have other things to worry about, because I don't know if you saw the headlines today. Ezekiel uh, Elliott? <laughs> Yeah, has COVID and a couple yeah. other uh, Cowboys and Texans. Because in Florida and Texas, the numbers are spiking again right now. So yeah, that's they're in the trouble. First thing, over the last couple of weeks, like Texas has been opening things up, and the first thing I see today, Cowboys and Texans football players are all have a bunch bunch of them have coronavirus. I'm like, well, I guess that's not too surprising. Yeah, I saw this headline, and I like didn't want to get into it too much because uh, did you see Bill Burr on Joe Rogan this week? Oh, when he, like, just yelled at him for not for the he, mask thing. He didn't just, like, even yell at him. Yeah, he's, like, about to get into it. And he's like, no, I'm not going to sit here Well, neither of us have medical degrees and pretend like we know jack shit about what's going on. I love that so much. Someone finally said it. And yeah. I sort of feel that same way. But they do have it. I don't know what that implica- like what the implications of that are. They say that none of the players that tested positive were at the team facilities. So I guess they just won't be for a while. Yeah, apparently Ezekiel Elliott was, like, pissed that it got out. He's like, my agent didn't release this. How did this information get out? Which, that's stuff like that is insane when leaks happen, where it's like a player goes into a meeting with a general manager uh, and his agent. They have a meeting, they leave, and then they look on Twitter, and it's out there already. And it's like, what? how did this happen? Yeah, or and it's happening more and more and more too. Like it, it must be like people in the big public eye like that. I'd be terrified like all the time because like any pictures that you have on your phone, like any text you sent, like there could be somebody who's like making it their life's mission to just gain access to your fucking pictures and texts, and you wouldn't yeah. even know until they got yeah. there. It's that, that yeah. that's like is frightening, and I don't I. I'd be pissed if I was him too. I'd, if anything, I'd be more like scared, like fuck, like oh no, people know I'm sick. Like, it's, is everything on my phone on somebody else's hard drive right now? Like, fuck that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then a couple quick other things. Um, Dana White uh, was talking a lot about uh, Sean O'Malley's next fight, who he wants to give him. He hasn't decided yeah. it yet, but he was he was talking with. Uh, a bunch of people. He went on a couple podcasts this week, Steve-O's being one of them. But, uh... <laughs> That's how you... I knew Jackass was involved somehow. I knew you're not that big well, of a UFC and fan. Then, and then the other, um... The other story out of that world this week was there's this really nice video of this, like, eight-year-old kid going up to a FedEx driver with a skateboard, and he's like, can you send this to Tony Hawk, please? And the driver, <laughs> like made a little video of it and then tony hawk saw it and then sent the kid all these like sign boards and like all this different stuff he like tony nice. hawk is the best and then the the last big story i have in here um i don't know how much farther it's going to get through but the governor of florida signed a bill this week that would allow college players to take endorsements and make money off them 
Really? Florida being progressive in some way? I don't get this. What's the cash? Well, I, 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 I don't even think it's, it's out of being progressive. Can you imagine being a recruiter? How easy that would be to get someone to try to go to Florida, Florida State, any of these big schools being like, yeah, oh, you want to go play for Bama? Well, do you want to make money in the time that you're going to be playing? It's like That's pretty true. easy that thing. does make like, a lot. That does make a lot of sense. You're right. It's probably just a way to get more people to go play college football there. Yeah, and and if it works for one year, I think the dominoes start falling. I think every major school is like, well, fuck no. If if that's you know, we have to compete, so we yeah, have to do this too. We've talked about this before. It's insane that college athletes have that much money being made off of them and aren't allowed to make money. No, it's straight up robbery, especially because they're forced to go in there. It's it's, it's yeah. a ridiculous system. Um, but yeah, I, Florida's, you know, it's very rare that Florida's in the news for something that might be good. And again, this is like sort of not breaking news, but it's definitely not official official yet. But the bill was signed by the governor. So it's going to go yeah. to another place where people can decide if they want to yeah. use we'll it or see. not. And you were telling me uh, Tony D'Angelo from the Rangers made the news this week. I hadn't heard about yeah. this. But yeah, as an, I will... as an Islanders fan, I'm very excited. I woke up this morning to a couple texts from a, a Rangers fan that was just like, bro, I'm so pissed. This guy, Tony D'Angelo from the Rangers, started this hyper-conservative podcast called Watch Your Tone. And uh, <laughs> he, he it's only had one episode so far. I looked at He's got like a 47-minute pilot, but he says he's going to have like other hockey players that like are also like kind of politically aligned with him. And he's going to have some like, I'm going to tell you what's up podcast. That's gonna I don't be know if he'll keep doing which, it when the season starts. That's going to be interesting to see which athletes are going on there and expressing those kind of views. Well, it's not affiliated with anything major. It's not like it's like Fox right. Sports or Barstool or anything. So, like, he can say legitimately whatever he wants as long as he thinks the Rangers won't cut him for it, I guess. But right. there's no, well, there, like... Yeah, there was a... I just saw on Twitter before we started recording, Mike Gundy, coach of Oklahoma State... Um, of uh, I'm a man, I'm 40 fame. <laughs> uh, who now, he's still the coach at Oklahoma State, who now has a fucking killer mullet. He uh, like decided to Ooh. grow the mullet uh, in the 2010s. And uh, he, um, apparently he was like, uh, there's a picture of him on a fishing trip, and he's wearing a local shirt, OAN, which apparently is like a real far-right network locally. I don't know much about it, but... Uh, someone who's like an Oklahoma State athlete like said they're not going to be coming back and playing at Oklahoma State. And uh, there were some people on Twitter who were upset about it, which um, I I don't know if they're like better or worse than Fox News. I would never go around wearing a Fox News t-shirt, but if you're just going on a fishing trip with some buddies and you have like an extra like free shirt in the back of your closet someone gave you that you don't know much, like I don't think this is enough to necessarily convict a man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I guess so. I guess the argument would be like, why'd you keep the shirt in the first place? But yeah, I bet everybody has like a bunch of t-shirts that they're like, oh, I'm going to be wading around in a river. I yeah. don't care about this shirt. Or also, then it's like, if somebody wears a Fox News shirt, does that mean I never go to their place? Of, is that enough to be canceled? Now? Like, there's got to be a line somewhere along the line where it's like, if you're saying awful shit, sure. If you've like been found guilty of some type of corruption or firing you, like something like that. But wearing a shirt of a news organization that is like is not politically aligned with me. But then also, I don't know much about this network. Maybe they're more than just a right wing network. Maybe they actually are guilty of worse stuff. So I may be speaking a little out of school, but it seems like can't like going being that upset about someone over a t shirt. There's like more uh, serious infractions out there. There definitely are, but people are crazy, like, and very easily riled up right now. So I'm sure, yeah. you know, it's 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 so easy for that website to get all those clicks now. It's like, ooh, look, we got this picture. This guy has this shirt yeah, you true. probably won't like. Like, crap on this guy. And, oh, wait, I do have, a, I guess, two more things real quick. I just got an ESPN notification that Rob Manfred tells ESPN he's not confident there'll be a baseball season, which is just disgusting. Oof. 
Yeah. That's the other thing when I was saying how, like, baseball is still stuck in this, like, old mentality where it's, like, different than a lot of the other sports in a more, like, overly phony way. It's the only sport where the owners could just be like, yeah, we're going to be losing a lot of money here. Can you prove it? No, we don't open our books. They just, like, they just don't do that. And so they can't prove anything they're saying, so they can say whatever they want. The owners in Major League Baseball, as opposed to owners in other sports, seem to be even – and owners in, like, especially – football owners seem especially bad. Basketball owners – don't seem too bad, but baseball owners seem like just the absolute like worst of the worst of like rich people. Yeah, it's 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 not great, and it sucks. Every other sport has figured it out. The WNBA this week approved like a really shortened season. They're gonna do like a twenty-two game thing and then playoffs, but they're gonna yeah. play. Yeah, like, everybody. Although I guess we didn't even talk about Kyrie Irving and all the other players kind of pushing back on the start of the NBA. Yeah, because they're still, like, concerned about COVID. And, so like, everything that's going on. Like I, I mean, yesterday, you look, Brooklyn, there was thousands of people on the street in Brooklyn yesterday. Like, I'm back in Manhattan. There's there's literally, as I was moving back in here, I had to, like, stop because, like, a whole line of bike protesters went by and they were, like, smacking cars as they went by. Like, there's still a lot going on in the world. And yeah. then two arguments are, like, will basketball, like, help and give people something to sort of like look at or would it just be a distraction taking away from like something that's needs to happen and that's what Kyrie's saying so who knows yeah um oh this is interesting also i don't know if you heard about this uh the carolina panthers tore down their statue of the former owner jerry richardson that was in front of their stadium what'd he do so well he he was a uh, year, a few less than five years ago, maybe he uh, was the owner, the founding owner of the team. They just came into existence in the mid '90s, and he sold the team after um, I don't. I think it was sexual harassment that was happening like under his watch that he kind of let slide. But there was also a lot of stuff of him, like he had owned Denny's and Hardee's, and he was like they had to pay a whole bunch of money in settlements because of discrimination lawsuits. Where like in the 80s and 90s, like, not that long ago, they were, like, seating black families separate from white families in their restaurants, segregating the restaurants. They would uh, force black families to pay before the meal because they were afraid they were going to, like, dine and ditch. Um, That's rough. That yeah, sucks. so he had a lot of this stuff on his record, uh, stuff that he'd said in the past that was racial or racist, and uh, so he sells the team, but apparently in the contract, uh, the deal when he sold the team, they made, they had in the deal that they couldn't tear down his statue, but I guess, uh, <laughs> which is a weird, which is a weird thing to have put in a contract. <laughs> that's so funny it's like the one thing he wanted he's like just make sure the statue stays and they just ripped it right down did they like like the team it's like like, selling someone your phone and forcing them to keep the desktop background that you had on the phone yeah wallpaper yeah but do uh, do you know if the team took it down or did like people just be like fuck this thing no i think the team did so i think they had some sort of deal they were able to get out of in some way but that'll be interesting with um with everyone tearing down like confederate statues and people with bad backgrounds how it's going to affect uh sports players and people in sports who may have had a racist background even those statues joe dimaggio uh, allegedly hit marilyn monroe uh, used to beat Marilyn Monroe. Is he? Can we not uh, have a Joe DiMaggio's number retired? Like, how far is some of this going to go? I don't know. I, I've. I. It's a. It's. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, the next six months are going to be very telling as to what the next couple years are going to be like. I think because. Yeah. I don't know. As I'm walking around the city and stuff, like, there's people everywhere and maybe like half of them have like face coverings on and like all this yeah. stuff so like as i'm walking around like in the last couple of days i'm like oh like th- i'm i'm a little worried that like we're fucked <laughs> like this yeah. is gonna get real bad again and we're never gonna be able to like do jack shit except like zoom podcasts about <laughs> nonsense so yeah. uh who who knows if even if baseball did work out a deal like how much of it can go because basketball you know what we're seeing right now how a good section of the players don't want to play yeah football a couple guys tested positive today yeah all they have to do you heard donald trump he said it like a month ago if they just all inject themselves with clorox we're all gonna be okay yeah injecting bleach is is gonna be i mean (laughs) 
who knows? <laughs> it's not the that's not the answer, but I I'm <laughs> not confident that uh anybody knows enough about what's going on right now to like really get things going again. Yeah. Well, the NHL has announced they're coming back and as long as there's hockey playoffs, I'm okay with having to stay home and do nothing but watch those hockey playoffs. <laughs> At least we'll have stuff to talk about. I'll I'll watch every minute of every game if <laughs> there's like live sports like that and I'm still stuck inside all day. Yeah, I am still playing MLB The Show. I've been doing the Conquest maps now. I'm excited. And I got the Corey Kluber starting pitcher card. The live series one? No, the the, oh, the, the uh, Cy Young one. Oh, yeah. That's like everybody's favorite card to use in the game because his sinker is friggin' deadly. It looks yeah. just like a changeup. I've been I've been trying to get back into that a little more, too, just to like have something to do with my hands that's productive yeah i definitely fell off a couple uh on being productive in the last couple of months yeah it's gonna be interesting uh football season coming around like preseason and how they start off we're like because when the covid first started football season seemed so far away and now it's like oh we're like a month away from when training camps would be starting yeah and they're and they're dealing with cases so like who knows everything that's supposed to keep coming back like movie theaters the first movie was supposed to come out on july 14th and that already got pushed and like all this different stuff like everything is is people keep being sort of overly optimistic yeah i really want to go to like a hockey game or a baseball game now like there's nothing more i'd like to do in life than just go like sit in uh, the stands at yankee city even city field that's how bad this has gotten i actually am thinking about how badly i want to go to a mets game yeah no i it's gonna be it's going to be if it ever happens again, which I really hope, you know, it does, but I don't I don't know how long it's going to take. It's going to be a an emotional moment like going back yeah. into something like that because yeah. I right now I'm I'm not confident. I don't have a lot of optimism about all this. I'm I'm going to kind of be one of those I'll believe it when I see it type people for things restarting. Well, yeah, it was interesting in seeing um, in the Sammy Sosa Mark McGuire documentary that how the baseball strike really, really hurt and the home run chase really brought it back. So if there is no baseball this season, I think they should legalize steroids for next season and that'll bring everyone back. Yeah, or at least, no, you don't even have to make that whole announcement. You could just sort of be like, we're not going to look, we're going to like <laughs> completely no, I, look the I other way. but I think if they make the announcement, it'll let people know they're serious about it. Like, we're- uh, <laughs> It'll bring the fans back in. It'll get them hyped up and excited. Yeah. They have to, I mean, baseball had so many of its own pride. Like, they, and, and not any of the ones they were identifying. Pace of play wasn't really the issue. It was that. Yeah. It's a hundred and fifty dollars to go watch the game. It's yeah, and it was also weird in the documentary. You see, like Rudy Giuliani and Bill Clinton talking about the baseball strike. It's like, why the fuck are you in this documentary? And yeah, the George Bush, Harold Bates, Sammy Sosa comment. Uh, I guess it wasn't. I was watching it, and I was like, oh, what, am I really going to be surprised that George Bush was wrong about something he said sixteen years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it, the the doc was was interesting, but it. I, I, there's definitely a couple shots like that where it's just like, okay, what what are we even <laughs> like? Why are you just tossing this in here to toss this in here? Yeah, it's like there was not also what it's about. One, like some of it, it's like, oh, if if I kind of get it, if Bill Clinton's talking about this, it's a big deal. The president was. Well, he literally about it. called McGuire. He was like, that was that made yeah. sense. He called but him the after other, breaking the record. But there, there were other things where it just showed like modern day Chicago and St. Louis, and I didn't even notice it until it's like they just you see a Cardinals flag hanging outside of a bar, and also the same bar has a Black Lives Matter and a gay pride flag, and I'm like, okay, this obviously isn't 1998 St. Louis here. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's like neither of those things even existed yeah. <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but, uh, um, did, did you happen – the other thing in the doc I wanted to bring up, did you get the thing right before the commercial where it was the rapper Nelly talking for like 30 seconds? Yeah. Well, I was excited about that because I know that Nelly is a big St. Louis Cardinals fan. What was hilarious about it to me was he's sitting there. He's hyping up this Mark McGuire thing. He's talking about how much he loves St. Louis and the Cardinals the whole time he's wearing a fucking Chicago Bulls jersey. <laughs> Oh, I missed that. I didn't notice that. I, thought was, I swear, I thought he was wearing a St. Louis Cardinals shirt. He's in a Bulls basketball jersey as he's in this St. Louis versus Chicago doc being like, yo, St. Louis for life, dogs. That's pretty <laughs> he's funny. He's just he got this fucking Bulls jersey on. 
I was dying I laughing say, about I've, that. I've never had deep dish pizza before, but I was in St. Louis before and did have pizza, and it tasted like cardboard with cheese on it. It made me – like everyone says how New York pizza is the best, and I'm like, I don't know. I just – I've eaten – I lived in New York my whole life. I've eaten pizza. I've gone to Jersey. I've been to other places, and it's fine. St. Louis pizza, I was like, oh, I, I, I get what I get it. But I never had Chicago deep dish to compare, so I'm still going to withhold uh, my loyalties on the St. Louis versus Chicago feud. Yeah, I think in the tri-state area, you can get good pizza around here. But I, I remember the first time I had a bagel in fucking Pittsburgh. Ooh, yeah. that was like a soul-crushing moment. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Although I did once go to a game at PNC Park in Pittsburgh, and that's one of the most beautiful ballparks you can ever see a baseball game at. Absolutely. Don't get don't get bagels around the stadium, though. It's yeah. a, Go to the stadium. It's a great time. I, I just, you know, going to any of the stadiums at this point, like – it's so as soon as people are going to be allowed back in, there's no city I'm going to go to where I'm not going to want to go see a game somewhere. Yeah, but I also feel like at first the prices are going to be real high because everyone's going to want to be going. I'm hoping it's the exact opposite. People are still a little scared and they're trying to fill the stadiums as much as possible. Yeah, it would be interesting to like see uh, like a Miami Marlins game actually have a lot of people at it, just because that's how much people miss everything. Oh yeah, that was he, McGuire took that shot at the Marlins where he's like, "Oh yeah, we showed up here, they were not drawing at all, and they had to take the tarps off the off the yeah. outfield seats because people my, actually wanted to watch." One of my friends was actually t- was texting me during the documentary. So he was at that mar- at that game, th- that series. He went to the game where McGuire hit like fifty seven. 58 two of those home runs he just happened to be in miami at the time or in florida wherever i think it's in my or near miami where the marlins played and uh yeah he just happened to go to the game and saw those two as a kid uh, i don't know if he would have gone if it wasn't mark mcguire there playing no i i it seemed like nobody in the crowd was that part where he gets thrown out in the first inning and the people are just furious that was also pretty funny that was real fun yeah it is it's a fun dot to go back on but it just it feels uh, incomplete without us knowing everything that there is to know about the steroid era. That needs to be covered by the people in it at some point, but with like a guilt-free way where it's like, we're not mad at you. We just want to know what happened. Everyone was doing this. It's okay. I want you to be in the Hall of Fame. They can be in the Hall of Fame, but tell us what was going on because it's a big part of baseball history. We're big baseball fans, and we'd like to know what our childhood was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you there. And then uh, I know I've said this a couple of times, but I just remembered there was one other thing I wanted to bring up, which is uh, your your little Twitter thing the other day, because that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, uh, where I got a bunch of people mad at me. Yeah, we talked about it at the time my tweet got attention. This week, you're the one getting all kinds of attention on Twitter. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite pro wrestlers of all time, Chris Jericho, is still active in professional wrestling and AEW wrestling. And he's um, he had cut his hair. He had the long hair, cut it. Now he's growing it back out. It's a little bit thinner. He's um, a little stockier than he was in his younger days, which, you know, he's 50 years old. He's still in amazing shape for what he is. And uh, I was talking to a friend, and I said he's starting to kind of look like Sam Kinison. And I thought that was funny. And I know Jericho's done, like, the roast shows before, and he's uh, been on At Midnight. So I tweeted it, and I'm like, because right, I would never generally say anything about a famous person they could see out of context and, like, get offended by. And also, I'm like, this is kind of light. I say, we make fun of people having cancer and AIDS and being pedophiles on my show every week on Comedy Fight Club. So I tweeted it. He retweeted it, and his fans were furious because he did it in, like, a... <laughs> I took a jab at him. He took a jab back. He's like, this is a stretch, dude. Like, uh, what, like, sh- taking a jab back at me, which is fine. Um, but his fans were, like, which also, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. But I would never tweet at someone on Twitter for being whatever. But, yeah, it was a lot. I, I looked at the first couple minutes. I saw a bunch of tweets, and I'm like, I'm not going to read the rest of these. It's not going to be good. I I read through all of it because I could not stop laughing. It was the funniest thing ever. It was it wasn't really even a lot of messages. It was so many gifts of people being like, "Hey, nice try, cringe." I was like, I was like, who? Why are you people so sensitive? It's just yeah, it took like a, a pretty innocuous joke. It's, and it's like, also even if, yeah, people don't even tell you you suck anymore. They send you gifts telling you you suck. Yeah, it's just like a thousand different little two second animations that tell you to just fuck yourself was, what was there, the more interesting bro, what, thing, 
but I checked it the next morning when I when you first sent it to me, you had like forty replies or something, and there's definitely over a hundred on there. It's so yeah. <laughs> but no, I um at first uh the the weirdest thing was the people who agreed with me, but in like the a couple people like were de- I saw defending me, but some of them were like. Uh, why are you all getting upset? He's right. Chris Jericho is ugly and fat. And I'm like, well, that's not what I was saying either. Like, <laughs> I'm a fan of his. I wasn't trying to, like, shit on him. My favorite was this one guy who was, like, some guy posted a picture of you at, like, a baseball game and was just like, that's, a, you know, a lot coming from this physical specimen. And then another guy underneath started getting mad about, he's like, I'm just so sad about how much body shaming is going on in this thread. And then they all start crapping on him. Oh and then he God. starts trying to, like, defend himself. I was dying laughing. You really set up, you really oh, yeah. got a bunch of sensitive well, people that, riled up. I saw that one that's like, I'm not, like, fat or out of shape. I'm not super, I'm, like, even when I'm looking at that picture, I'm like, I can shit on myself all the time. But, like, I look like a normal guy in that picture. <laughs> It's not even like That's a kinda... bad picture of me. I'm not like super jacked or anything, but I'm not like I don't know. I, I saw that picture and I was I'm not going to respond to any of it, but that one I was like is th- that's not a horrible pe- I mean, I don't look as good as Chris Jericho does, but yeah, I, I last time I had a wrestling match was 10 years ago. I I mean, I just the whole thing was so funny. So many yeah. very very sensitive people riled up like crazy. So Yeah. It was interesting. It was a, it was an interesting 12 hours for sure. But also, shout out to Chris Jericho for retweeting it. I got like 20 or 30 more Twitter followers out of it. I don't think he would have retweeted it if he didn't have a sense of humor about it also. Yeah, if he was like really angry, I guess he would have like blocked you or DM'd you or something. Yeah, no, I took a jab. He took a jab back. And uh, some people take that really seriously, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he has ride or die fans, apparently. Yeah, there's people yeah. that just are in it Which is, for him. Oh, that's awesome. Also, that's awesome to be able to wield that power. Somebody says the slightest thing about me online and I could just send all my fans after them. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, like Taylor Swift. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's got some power too. Chris Jericho and Taylor Swift. Maybe the only thing they have in common. If you say anything bad about K-pop, get ready for like 10,000 people to start just destroying you. Those people go so in. You can just say yeah, something it, bad about K-pop. Yeah, and if you, if, especially if you use one of their like hashtags that they're on, like these people, they, 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 they're ravenous. They're like piranhas. They just show up, and there's it's not even it's like it's the for, overwhelming force of how many of them there are that get you. <laughs> are you, are yeah, you typing like sure. fuck K-pop into Twitter right now? Yeah, oh, now man. I'm starting. Now I'm starting to think of a new way to get some Twitter followers. Uh, man, yeah, say something bad about Beyonce and then say something bad about K-pop. You'll, yeah. you, you're going to have your next week covered. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening. Another week of uh, quarantine. Who's on first? Who knows how much longer we'll be doing like this. But Anthony's back in Manhattan, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, one, uh, we'll see. One day we can get back in the studio and get Dave back. But thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Who's On First Pod One. Send us any questions, comments, anything you guys have, and uh, yep. we'll see you next week. Sounds good. See you guys.